0: Well, thank you, Chalu, and all for uh, taking part uh, in the service thus far. Good morning, friends. Good morning. Now, um, I think these things are not working, which is sometimes that's the way it is. So you better, we better pay attention now to listening. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> Just in time is great. Now for those who are joining us um, for the first time, we as a church have been going through a, a series on psalms. And we are learning to pray with the psalms and see what the Lord is telling us each Sunday, but also take these uh, um, throughout the week. And so today... We are in Psalm 13. Please join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that uh, you called us, each one of us to come here. Would have been uh, somewhere else, but there is a purpose, there is a reason why we are here. And you who have already been speaking, we pray that now as we turn to your word, you continue to speak to us. Open our heart to receive your word. Open our ears to listen. Open our eyes to see the glory that is in the wonderful truth of your word. And help us, at the end of the day, to know what it is to be loved by you. And so that we may learn to trust you each day. Use me as a mere vessel. Fill me with your Spirit and fill us all with your Spirit that we may be ministered by you through the power of your Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We live in a world of a fast-paced and instant gratification uh, to the point that uh, we expect everything to come to us instantly. I remember when my kids were young, particularly the youngest, uh, we were in Aberdeen. I don't know what I told you this. If you heard it, just forgive me. And if he's here, he will go, daddy again. Glad he's not here. So we had a TV. And then one day we were watching the TV and then it broke down. And all he said, dad, call Curry's. Now Curry's is, is, is this store where they sell TVs. And it used to be an advert every time. So he used to see that. So, in his mind, it's broken, call a carries, and it's going to bring one here right now. Because the kids want things now. But it's the same with us, the adult. In this world of a quick fix, our capacity of accepting. And coping with delays, it's becoming more and more reduced. When I was dating this beautiful and lovely lady, we were far apart in those days where there was no mobile phone. I could not phone her. I could only write a letter, which will take ages to arrive. And when she writes back, it will take ages. The delay. They delay, they delay. We don't like caught up in the delay on the queue, or when you are driving and all you see, expect a long delay or you come at the airport, your flight is delayed, or you are at the bus station, your train is delaying. The good news is, sometimes they tell you how many minutes or how many hours it's gonna delay. But it's always frustrating. And we too God's people, one of our greatest struggles we struggle with God's timing and God seeming delay, particularly long delay, to come to us. Ancient sufferers like us, they wanted to know exactly how long they are going to continue to suffer. And so they expressed That in that question, how long, oh Lord? How long? In Psalm 6, verse 2, when there was an illness that dragged on and on and on, as the sufferer looked at the illness that kept going on and on, will cry, How long, O Lord? In Psalm 94, verse 3, when they see people around them who seems to be flourishing, and them themselves seems to be not flourishing, and those who are flourishing seem to be flourishing at the expense of the weak, particularly the, the, the strongest people, then they will cry, how long? When burden, and you prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed like like Abacuc, and without an answer, how long, this is gonna continue. Sometime, this cry of how long is or was a distressed cry of a a nation or an ethnic group that has suffered or is suffering under a cruel regime. And when you look at those other passages in this group of psalms that is coming on the screen, you'll see that just like Israel suffered under the cruel regime and other nation, they cry how long? How long is the cry of a persecuted church, of persecuted people? In the New Testament, we hear it in a revelation. As they wait, how long? We're gonna see some justice here. How long could be also a cry of someone undertaking a difficult job like Isaiah, he's been given a difficult job, an unpopular message to take to people. He cries out, "How long I'm going to continue to speak like this? Or how long are they continuing to listen to this unpopular, mes- unpopular message? Well how long was the cry of our, 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 our psalmist in Psalm 13? verse 1 and 2. David cried four times. How long? It's like a darkness and gloomy silence surround him. He is, uh, as we meet him in those verses, on the verge of despair. He is in the border of despair. He feels defeated. And he seems to see No future. He's frustrated. He cannot cope, it looks like, any longer. He doesn't sense any longer the presence of God. And his biggest problem in those how long, how long, is the timing of God. The delay. It looks like it goes on and on. Could be, friends, that that also your cry this morning. The very question you are asking yourself, how long this is going to continue? Perhaps for you, you are going through a long period of, of spiritual dryness. The reading of your Bible day by day has been your habit for years but for some time you are feeling as if there is no fruit. is not giving you good fruit in your life. There's this dryness in your spirit. And you are crying, where is the closeness I once used to have with the Lord? And perhaps for you, You feel it is taking too long for God to provide you a clear guidance for what you are facing. Perhaps for you, it's taking so long to find a job, to get a promotion in work, or to find a romance. You look around. All the people around you, they are just getting someone in life. But for you, no matter how kind of makeup you make, what kind of dress, or how many times you hang around with this boy you desperately want, or for the boy, no matter how style of haircut you may put, it looks like no one wants you. Every time you look to the mirror every morning, why no one wants me? How long is it going to take? Perhaps you're crying to have a baby or to be a grand. You look around all those who grew up with you, they're pushing the prams of their grand, and you're crying deeply when, perhaps for you, the pressure and the responsibility to raise a child In this environment that's becoming difficult, you want to raise these children in the love of God, the fear of the Lord, but bombarded by other things, you're crying, I can't know what to do. But perhaps for you, it's the one you've been praying and praying and praying, you want to see this person come to faith. And perhaps for you, you are crying how long because of you are lonely. Loneliness that has come because of the result of uh, a loved one you lost. No matter how many years it has passed, it feels it today as if uh, when it feels the first day when they broke the news to you, and you cry, I wish he or she was here. How long am I gonna continue to be lonely? Some of you loneliness of old age, And you cry, how long? I would just want to go home. Perhaps it's a cry of anxiety, depression, sickness, that has gone on and on. I don't know what you are crying for, but as a pastor and a minister of the gospel, I know I've met with people perplexed by this question. And sometimes. All I can do is to do what the prophet of the old have done, is to sit down with the people, weep with them, and cry how long this is going to continue for these people. You are bruised. You are battered. You are almost crushed. You ask, why is it taking so long? Not only the how long, but why? Well, there are some reasons in the Bible, of course, that sometimes makes the delay to be there in bringing God's, in God bringing his blessings to us and his answers to us. Some of these reasons like sin, It says there that if I kept sin in my life, the Lord would not have listened to me. And perhaps you search, you think, and you keep going, some of you, you keep going to the same sin you committed, you confessed and confessed and confessed, but you're still thinking, the Lord hasn't yet forgiven me, that's why this is taking long The reason is the Lord has already spoken, but we were we, we did not listen to him. Other reason is uh, we are not yet ready to hear his answer because like Abakuk when the Lord answered him, ah, Other reason it is. All for God's glory. Here, Lazarus is uh, nearly to, to die. And his sister said, go call Jesus. He loves Lazarus. He will be here to heal Lazarus. Jesus' delay. He delays for four days, including the journey. But all he said there I'm I'm glad I'm not there so that the glory of God be revealed in his son. All for the glory of God. But there are also other reasons which we don't know because our knowledge is so finite. And this is perhaps the case of the psalmist. We are not told whether it was a sin, whether the Lord has already spoken to him, or whether he was not yet ready to hear the answer or is the glory. We don't know. So the key question is, how does one cope, when you are facing, goes on and on, not only for two to three days, or two to three weeks, but on and on, is the first thought, when you wake up in the morning that comes to your mind is the last thought before going to bed when how long i have been there and maybe you have been there where you go to bed is the same thought the last one lord this is taking so long that seems what the psalmists were facing. How does one cope? How does one find relief? What, two advices. Number one, beware of the danger of taking a counsel in your own self. In verse 2, when you read that, David was laying plans every morning. Plans is like, I have plan A, I have plan B, I have plan C, I have plan D. Some options which are possible solution to his problem. But all these plans, as he thinks of them in his heart, are just leading like you drive, you think I'm going somewhere, but then just a dead-end road. Perhaps at this point, he, he wasn't ready to do what he did in the past. He has learned maybe a lesson because in his life in the past, he did something which he should not have done. When you go to First Samuel, in chapter 27 all the way to chapter 30. At one time, David in his life, when things were pressurized, he's being chased all the time by Saul. And then we are told in chapter 27 there, in first Samuel, he thought to himself, he thought to himself, this is dangerous. I need to run. Instead of staying where he was, where the Lord told him to stay, but he wanted now to go and stay in the comfort place, in the caves, in the stronghold of the enemy, he thought that he was safe there. But we know from that piece of scripture there, he ended up with a whole lot of trouble. This week I was reading 1st Samuel. I thought, "Wow, this I've never seen that before in my life." That was quite a revelation because that chapter, chapter 27, no mention of prayer, no mention of the Lord. And he stayed in the camp of the enemy for 16 months. It looks like for 16 months because he did not consult the Lord in going there. And so he looks like he lived for 16 months without a deep fellowship with the Lord. And boy, what a trouble himself he found. And with his family. And the people who were with him. Until in chapter 30, he decided, I need to get back with the strength of the Lord. friends. This is why Isaiah said that one who believes will not be in a haste or give way in sudden panic. Because when it takes long, some time, it's easy for us just to jump in. I've been there, and many times I said, I wish I should not have done that. What is the expression in Scotland they taught me? You jump from the pan Pan to to the fire. Please beware of that. But the other advice is this it's always wise to take it to the Lord in prayer. What is interesting and challenging, David here, he he knows that the Lord is is taking long to, to answer him, but he still go to the same God who doesn't seem to listen to him. He still go to him to pray and say, consider, look, listen, he still take the matter to the Lord in prayer. Even when he knows that uh, this Lord, uh, I can't figure him out, he still calls him my God. It looks like he is now on a journey from uh, his despair to the place of hope. And the path he's taking is the path of prayer. To is the bridge from the despair to the place of hope is the prayer. He's praying, taking it to the Lord in prayer. One thing I found for me that even when I don't understand, I always pray and ask God to give me the grace to do what is written in James when it says, Come near to God and he will come near to you. And keep going and keep going. Now, if the path from where he is at the bottom of his life to where he is now going, as we shall see it in verse 5 and 6, if the path is prayer, what is the energy that sustains him through this time of darkness? The energy that sustains him is faith, faith which is expressed in those few verses. Let me dig quickly a few things. I just want to dwell mainly on one aspect. When you look at this faith, what you see there, first of all, it is a a, a choice of faith. He is saying there, but I, there's an emphasis there. Although things look like this, but I, as far as I am concerned, I have decided in the middle of the pressure, the choice was still his. Faith is also a gift because where where does he get that power to just say, I want to trust you or have trusted you? This is we can spend a whole because you look some of the translation, but I trust in you, which means in this situation I am trusting in you, but this one I have trusted. In other words, throughout this journey of darkness, I decided to trust you. And God gave him that gift because faith is a gift, but he also chose to trust Beg with you, my dear friend, that even when things seem to be collapsing, God still gives us some choice. He gives us faith and he says, have a choice. There's an Anglican bishop who was unwell with Parkinson, and he was very tremendous um, and fruitful in his ministry. This is an account uh, given by uh, uh, D.A. Carson in his book, How Long? And, and he said he, 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 he sat down with this Anglican bishop who once upon a time was very fruitful and now is confined and he felt like if he's not giving anything back to the society. And so he, he asked him, how do you find uh, this time in your life, what, what 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 do you need to do? And this is what uh, he said. Even when he was uh, finding it hard to speak, he said, "I caught. There is no future in frustration. If I frustrate myself, there is no future. Maybe." Some of you listening, you can't be here in the church because of your age and because of something, and you have given and given and given and given for the life of the church, and now you feel as if you were useless, and sometimes frustration can come. I just beg you to please, by and I pray that you may know he still loves you. And this faith has an anchor has an anchor. And the anchor, this is a song that comes to mind. Will your anchor, oh, no, 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 no. I won't sing. (laughs) But at the end, grounded and firm in uh, the Savior's love. Love. Deepest love. This love is the love uh, which uh, it always says that in NIV, unfailing, but it's a covenantal. It's a love that is God is bound to that. Because he loves us. You also are there, but sometimes we, we may fail. We may not be able to hold on to you. But him he keeps us. Is the love that is expressed in this song a love that will never let go? A love that has no end. Ian, and the young man will remember a man who was in Aberdeen called Will Steele. Will Steele was a great preacher, um, and he had an aunt who was cooking for him. And Will Steele, in those days, those age, those. Age, those days, the message that God gave him was, boy, repent. Otherwise, if you turn a deaf ear, you go to hell. Judgment. So then we aren't sitting down with other people in the congregation and begin to hear what the conversation, as every pastor hears. And Will knew that this also is getting toil to people. And we auntie one time after the service at lunch hour said to Will, Will, I'm sitting with them and I'm hearing. Can I ask you a question? Is there no love in the gospel? And Will knew exactly what the auntie said. And Will said, but I... I I said to the Lord, I will only preach what he has given me. And the auntie said, well, Will, then no one is going to be left here. It's going to be only me and you. And then Will said, so then are you going to leave me as well? And this is what the wee auntie say: never. I committed myself to you and the Lord's work here and I will never leave you. This is how it feels when you are a recipient of love. And feel Will, in his book, Dying to Love, Say he felt at that moment that someone is committed, no matter how hard life is going to be, the we aren't, is committed to him. And he knew that the Lord loves him in that way. Friend, the Lord is totally committed to us, no matter what. I just wonder why this love of God is the only thing that is asked asked from us to repeat 26 times in the Bible. Do you know where it is? Psalm 136. For his love endures forever. God did this. Give thanks to the Lord for his love. That love is the love that God is committed, the deepest Father's love. That the love for which He does everything. Now I want to go in detail of the next one. I just mentioned them quickly. The joy of faith. And he's taking pleasure in the salvation. He knows that no matter how all these problems are going into his life, there is something more valuable salvation, which will outlast all the other problems. And the next one is the song of faith. Even when situations have not yet changed, he is singing. He is singing. It reminded me of Hannah. She sang before even she had the baby. Let me bring this to conclusion. When we ask how long, how does it apply to me? How does it apply to us? But perhaps we're obviously listening to a few things. But first of all, this psalm must be very applicable to Jesus who read this psalm, who must have prayed this prayer. If there's anyone who knew what it was for life to give the impression of being forsaken and forgotten, is Jesus. And yet he trusted his father. And so we too should trust Jesus in the way he trusted his father. But number two, we need to learn to trust the God. And sometimes this is a journey, friends. Let me bring you quickly this story of Naomi. Not this Naomi, but another Naomi in the Bible is the book of Ruth. The story of Naomi is puzzling. She left with her husband to another land. And then where she went, the husband died and the two children died. And then she returned home with one of her daughter-in-law, Ruth. As she appears to her homeland empty, she has concluded already that God has forsaken her. And forgotten her. When the women say, that's Naomi. She said, don't call me Naomi. I'm no longer pleasant. But call me Mara bitter. Because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full. Now I come back empty. It's the Lord who has done this. But then little she knew that God in his love for her was working the purposes and the problem is the time frame in the mind of Naomi and perhaps I won't blame her because she could not comprehend that and then when things begin to turn brighter in her life look at what she say the Lord bless him and that's the hymn there is Boaz you can read the story but he said, the Lord has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. And perhaps thinking, she's thinking here of her own husband and the, the, the children that she has lost. Things begin to turn brighter. And finally, when Ruth and Boaz got married or united in marriage, the same women begin to say, oh, praise be to the Lord. Look, now... You know, you, 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 you are going to be given a, a, a child in the, old, in the old age. And then they goes on and they name that child as we see Obed. You can read the story. Who is the father, as the writer say, he was the father of Jesse, the father of David. And you know the rest. That through that line, Jesus was born. Little she knew she was going to be an ancestor of the Lord Jesus Christ. But the time frame, the same God to whom she said, You've forgotten me, you made my life miserable, is the same God who was working, she did not know, but working out his purposes to make Naomi. Unforgettable. Until today we still read the story. So friends. When you cry how long. I think God. Sometimes is less interested. In answering our questions. But. He is more. Working. On either securing our allegiance to him. He is working in establishing our faith. He is working in nurturing a desire for holiness. He is working in bringing us to a place where we adore him. He is God. And so, this verse which I just uh, paraphrase. Let the one who walks in darkness and who is without a ray, trust in the Lord and rely on him. If you are just right now walking in the darkness, keep trusting the Lord, my dear friend. This is the way to greet every morning. This is the way to face every problem. This is the way to rise to every new challenge, to say, I trust you, my father. I trust your unfailing love. And perhaps in the words of the Spurgeon, if or when you cannot trace his hand, the hand of God, the loving hand of God, you can always trust His heart is totally committed to you. How long? How long? May the Lord bless his word. Amen.